0: He put this on my heart before I left the house, and I ain't looked at this for years, four or five years, so you pray God helps me, all right? My, a lot of my preaching is focused towards being a good Christian and doing different things like that. Hey man, I, can I be real, we're live streaming, I won't say too much, I call it. I call it Bible college preaching with a thrust. Amen. (laughs) uh, But a lot of times lately in my church, I've been preaching on helping people through trials and struggles. I just preached down at my pastor's church and was preaching and talked about how the devil was attacking the ladies of my church, attacking them mentally and attacking their minds and during my preaching, my wife received three text messages from different ladies in the church struggling and going through things. And the day and hour that we're living in church, Satan, he, in, in the times of old, he used the government. He used all of it, but he had power in Nero's government, and he used that for affliction. He had power in the Catholic church, and he used that for affliction. And I believe now we're really fighting what the Bible says, principalities and powers, and that we are fighting demons of hell, and they are talking the minds of our people, and some folks are going through some really bad things in their lives, amen? So I'd like to encourage you uh, tonight, or just give you some direction on what to do sometimes when you don't know what to do, amen? amen? And oftentimes, somebody's trying to console you or help you through something, and they don't even know what to say. And I do I do these tests on spiritual gifts at my church, and my mercy rating is negative. Therefore, I should not come to the hospital and tell you something to comfort you or help you. Amen. That is not this pastor's job. Hallelujah! Right there. But I'm glad that I know somebody that knows what it's like to go through worse things than me, and I know somebody that knows what to tell me and what to do when I'm going through stuff. My Bible says in Isaiah 53 and 4, "Surely he hath borne our griefs and." Our sorrows yet. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And he's the one that is there with you every step of the way. If you go through the trials and the different things of life, amen. And as you go through that stuff, I'm glad my Bible says he'll never leave me nor forsake me tonight, amen. I want to preach a short message on the question that our Lord and Savior asked just before he was going through the hardest, roughest trial that he would ever face in his, in his life, amen, in his earthly life and this is the time of Christ's triumphal entry in Jerusalem just days before he'll go to the cross uh, the priests have already consulted to kill him and in the next chapter Judas will head out to betray him and Jesus is in the middle of a conversation with his disciples and he's telling them what is getting ready to happen to him and he's telling them that he is getting ready to face the deepest darkest trial of his entire life here's what it says John 12 and 23 and Jesus answered them saying the hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto uh, life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, uh, him will my father honor. Now, and Jesus here uh, himself asked a very simple question. You know the Lord knows everything, but he asked the question for a reason to make us think, amen. Uh, but I want you to hear what he said in verse 27. Now... Is my soul troubled? And what shall I say, Father? Save me from this hour. What should I say, Father? Don't let this happen. Take His. What should I say as the Savior of the world? Take this away from me. Yes, mm-hmm. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Yeah. Father, glorify Thy name. Then came a voice from heaven saying, i both glorified it and will glorify it again. I'll preach to you for just a minute on this old message and the Lord's got to use today, man. I don't have nothing fancy for you. But I want to preach to you on what to say when you have no idea what to say. Something ever happened in your life? And you have no idea what to even say. I mean, I'm the guy that usually at my house tries to have the answers to say, okay, this is why this is happening. It's okay. This is this. And it's going to be all right, honey. But sometimes in life, there's a time where where everything, even no matter who the wittiest man is, the most wise man, he just does not know what to say. And he's got no answers. I give you three phrases that Jesus said about the cross of Calvary, about the deepest, darkest valley of his life and he asked the question, what shall I say? Lord, help us tonight. Help me. God, take that divine power that you put in me there. I got saved. God, unctionize me and help me preach. Lord, help all my flesh to get out of the way, Lord. And you use me, God. Use it for the intended purpose. Father, in Jesus' name, amen and Amen. Number one, we see a sincere cry to the Father. When Jesus said, what shall I say? When he asked the question, what in the world do I say about this situation? There was a sincere cry to the Father. Now is my soul troubled, John 12 and 27. And what shall I say? Father! When he was getting ready to go to the cross of Calvary, the biggest test he'd ever faced, he said, my soul's troubled it's heavy. It's weighted down. It's stressed. It's disturbed. Anybody in here feeling like that? Oh. In the trials of life, the things we go through. It's not just the physicality of the trials that we face. I'd say, honestly, the physicality of the trials that we face is the minimal part of it, but it is the mental anguish and the things that we go through and the assaults of Satan on our mind, and and Jesus and his soul was troubled. His his thought life was changed, if you will. And and, and you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew 26 and 38, he said this, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch me. he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying oh my father if it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as I will but as thou wilt." and being in agony he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground our savior's mind was so troubled hey as he prayed for you and I on the way to the garden of Gethsemane John chapter number 17 my friend he prayed for you he prayed for your name he prayed for what would soon be the church and he was there in agony knowing what he had to do knowing what he'd have to go through and he said what shall I say but he cried to his father that day when his soul was troubled so many times in life we go to all different places to find help I'm preaching to the church tonight, I've been doing this I've been pastoring my church almost nine years, I know that's not long but it's been long enough to watch people get angry at God when he didn't answer a prayer, it's been long enough to watch people get bitter at God over health issues and over work issues and life issues and marital issues, it's been long enough to watch people go through some things it's been long enough to watch them run to an alcohol bottle, it's been long enough to watch them run to a pill bottle when they don't understand why things happen. It's been long enough to watch them run to the world, drop church, quit everything that has to do with God. It's been long enough to watch them fall into deep depressions. It's been long enough to watch them fall into deep bitterness tonight. Listen, I've even seen it happen in my own lifetime as my wife had to deal with some things and in her heart she got bitter at God and for nine months she couldn't even pray and talk to Him. I've watched it happen in people's lives. In fact, the matter is, your soul getting trouble is sometimes one of the worst things that can happen to you in your life. Way worse than a physical ailment or some issue like that. Hey, man, it can get rough. Sometimes the sorrow is so strong and the pain is so bad, you don't even know what to say. As the words of Jesus, What shall I say? But the very next word he said was, Father. He cried out to the Father. Hey, man, when tragedy strikes, In the midst of that storm, don't you quit tonight. You need to cry out to the Father. Cry out to your Father for help. Listen to me. I just mentioned my wife but listen the devil will tell you this is uh, my next point but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. the devil will tell you uh, that you can't pray he'll tell you uh, that your prayers ain't working God didn't answer your prayer but that is a tactic of Satan tonight because the fact of the matter is uh, the closer you are to him the more you talk to him every trial you go through ought to force you to have better communion with the Savior tonight uh, but the devil's going to lie to you he got my wife listen I don't know how else she got my wife but I do know the fact that he got her where she couldn't pray she sat in a church pew and she felt like she couldn't talk to God she felt like God was a million miles away from her and the devil was lying to her the whole time and the fact is if she could have just said father it could have helped everything amen. a sincere cry to the father amen God helped her through that God helped her through that me and a bunch of men got down to Myrtle, Mississippi and begged God and talked to God. We was under a blanket praying, 30 of us. She texted me while we we're under the blanket, said, "I feel like a cloud's been lifted off of me." She started praying right after that. E, don't, don't you ever forsake intercessory prayer. Yes, because we had all well, prayed for her, crying out to the Father. It might have meant that she would have never cried out to the Father again. Yes. But God reached down and touched her when preachers Amen. were praying for her. And she said, you know what? I can talk to the Father. And she started praying again. And God changed everything. Amen. We see a cry for the Father. Secondly, we see a sorrowful call for favor. Verse 27 says, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Now I know he said that. In the manner of, that's not what I'm going to say, but we need a sorrowful call for favor. To ask the Lord to do something for us. Jesus saved me from this hour. He says he went a little farther and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Ask a different time. Yes. Nevertheless, as I will, but as, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Yeah. The deepest dark... Darkest valley of your life. Yeah. The most important thing is your communication with God. Yes. Amen. And when you're in that valley, it ought to push you to a prayer closet. Yeah. Amen. It ought to push you closer to God. Amen. Prayer's going to be your best friend in the midst of that storm. Amen. And I I know sometimes you feel like the prayer's not working. But God's always listening to your prayers. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. I I know you don't know what to say either sometimes in life. But you can say, God, help me make it through. You can say, God, give me that peace that you promised. If I pray, I'd have a peace that passes all understanding. You'll never have peace in your trials tonight, church, if you don't pray. You're right. Everybody Amen. says that. He'll give you a piece of passes on the same, but you got to read the verse before it. Right. You've got to pray to have that peace. Yes, you've got to cry out to the Lord. You've got to cry out, cry out for that favor. And I'm glad that when we don't know what to pray, just like when you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to pray, we've got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Likewise, Amen. the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not... Uh, what we should pray for we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Yeah, amen. We've got the Spirit of God living in us. And if you'll just go somewhere and try and pray in the midst of your trial, the Holy Spirit will clean up your prayers amen. and take them right to the Son. Amen. And the Son will pray them to the Father. And if the Son prays to the Father answers. Goodbye. Amen. In the next verse, God spoke to his son. And he'll speak to your heart if you'd pray to him. You're right. That's One man said it's significant that the father spoke to the son and gave him double assurance that his life and ministry would glorify the father. <laughs> Think about that. God always gives that word of assurance to those who willingly suffer for his sake. I believe that's Warren Wearsby. John 12 and 28, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I both glorified it and will glorify it again. There's a time in my life where I started feeling severe pain and all this different stuff through my body. And they were, ended up in a diagnosis of some ghost disease that means they can't tell what you got and you're going to live with pain the rest of your life and get migraines, all, all that stuff. But the first thing they do is test for autoimmune and they test me for lupus in my blood and some other stuff. But the scariest thing for some reason to me was the MRI that I had to take to see if I was in the beginning stages of multiple sclerosis. They were looking for whitenings on the tips of my neurons in my brain. And I laid there on that couch that night before that MRI. Normally I handle things. I I can keep them out of my mind. But the assaults of Satan was so heavy on my mind that night, it was a constant battle in my living room as I lay there alone, Brother Jody. Fear would overtake me in the night. I wouldn't know what I'd just sit there and weep, and I was messed up, thinking, God, why is this happening? God, why? But when I'd pray, when I'd pray, I'd feel the presence of God. And it was the only time that I could have any peace. Before that test, I'd pray myself to sleep, Noah. The devil would wake me up in another hour or two. I'd be filled with fear. I'd begin praying again. God would give me that peace. I'd doze back off and over and over all night long. That's how it worked. You know how it is? That's how it is in a Christian life. If you don't pray, and I'm gonna tell you, most Christians don't pray. You're hearing me. I'm preaching to the church tonight. Most Christians, the average is like five minutes a day or something. Yes. Yeah, I mean. That's not going to get you anywhere. Right. That's, right. That's not going to give you any peace. Yes, sir. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety and all that stuff, five minutes of prayer a day is not going to fulfill that verse and yes. give you that yes. peace right. that you need that passes all understanding. Yes. You're right. It's not going to do it. Lastly, we see a supernatural cause for the future. Hmm. Verse 28... Verse 27, Father, save me from this ire. Is that what I should pray? But for this cause, I came under this ire. Father, glorify thy name. Jesus knew that every bit of everything that he was going to suffer here was for one reason. That God would get glory out of him. Yeah, I it shows that complete selfless nature of Christ that we will eventually become one day in glory. Yeah. And it shows what God is working in us here on this earth. Amen. There is no glory without suffering. Yeah. That's what the cross taught us. Philip said, if we are comfortable, our whole life will never be conformable to the image of Christ. There is no glory without suffering. I don't know what the glory is and I don't know what the suffering is in your life. But I guarantee you some of you is going through it. Amen? Amen. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. So many times in my life, I don't understand... we never understand what God's doing, if you ask me. If you ask me, it's, it's we, we think we got it pegged, we think we know, Come on. but we don't. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I believe this book. Amen. What that boy saying about this King James Bible. That's right. yes. No matter what happens, I believe this book. Yes. I pray I'll be able to have the strength of some of the little old ladies in my church that's gone through it. Pray, I'll have the strength of some of the men of God that I know has gone through. When it happens to me, I pray I'll have the strength my wife's had. Yes. When it happens to me. In the hour of suffering and in the hour of surrender, there's only two prayers you can really pray. You're either going to pray what Jesus said, What shall I pray? Father, save me from this, take this away. You can either pray, Father, save me from it. Get me out of this for my own sake. You're right. Get me out of this because I've had enough and I can't handle it Get me out of this, God. Yeah. Or you can pray what Jesus prayed. Father, glorify thy name. God, get glory. Yeah, you're right. God, it hurts, but get glory. Yeah, amen. God, I don't want it, but get glory. God, I don't think I can make it through it, God, but get glory. When my wife went through the worst trial she's ever been through, she was raised up in a very rough home, went through some rough things, but she had a, 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 a deep love for her mother. She didn't have a father to love. She had this love for her mother. She begged God, begged God to save her for 15 years. Begged God. Every revival. Devil told her she didn't do enough, said she didn't pray enough, she didn't fast enough, but every revival. I'd push praying for the law, she'd be begging her mama to get saved. Beg. And then on a Thanksgiving four years ago, she gets a phone call and I hear her knees hit the floor and the phone rattle off the floor. And I walk in as she's punching the floor, screaming, my mom's in hell. My mom's in hell. And for weeks, she said it was hard for her to even take a shower because of the water, and she knew her mom was begging for a drop of water. And as she struggled through that, I talked to my pastor, Daniel. And this almost sounds cold, but he he said it in a way that I, I pray the Lord will let me he just simply said, sometimes, instead of praying for God to change something or to save somebody, what we ought to be praying is for God to get glory. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. One of them prayers, God, take this from me, for my sake, is the one that's going to leave you bitter. But if we'll learn to pray, God, get glory. Yeah. In every situation I go through, yeah, amen. that's how you get better. Amen. God get glory. We can't understand that. I don't expect my wife to ever fully understand that, and I don't understand that why things have to happen. Yeah. But I've watched over three or four years' time as my wife was in the darkest place. Mentally, if you will, just assaults from Satan, different things in her life, and the bitterness and all that, to the past year has literally been the best year, I think, for her. And I've watched her speak at six, five or six different women's conferences. And when she spoke at Daniel's woman's conference, which was the first one, we received over 40 messages by messenger. One woman ran out of the choir loft as Carla talked about her life and the abuse she endured and the bitterness and how she still loved her mother. A woman ran out of the choir loft, jumped in her car, and drove to her mama's house, who she, she hadn't talked to for years because her mom allowed things to happen. She reconciled with her mother and told her about Jesus Christ and God's gotten all the glory. We can't understand why God don't answer your prayers sometimes. We can't understand why you go through the things you go through. But our life as Christians is for God to get glory out of us. And that might need to be your prayer. For that thing you've been praying for a long time. You might just need to start praying God. Get glory out of it. God I won't be bitter anymore that you didn't answer my prayer. God get glory. God I won't be angry at you. God get glory. That's what our life is about all about church.